0: Hello and welcome to the INF Club podcast. If you're an INFJ or an INFP, this podcast will help you feel better understood, learn more about yourself and hopefully find some clarity and inspiration as you go on your own personal journey. I'm your host, Jazz Hoti and on the podcast, I'll be sharing interviews with INFJs, INFPs and other guests, as well as some of my own perspectives. Alongside this podcast, I run a blog and a community called INF Club. You can find more content in addition to every podcast episode with notes, including written interviews, articles from the blog and other links by visiting www.infclub.net and clicking on the archive link that you'll find at the bottom of the most recent post. With that being said, thanks so much for being here and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey, it's Jazz here, and today's episode is a conversation with Rebecca Mallory. Rebecca is an INFJ cult surviving writer. Having experienced mind control for most of her life, her upcoming memoir gives the reader a taste of what life was like being raised by deaf parents in a doomsday cult. As a result of her upbringing, Rebecca tends to lean a bit on the dark side, unless her dogs are around. She's also a member of the INF Club community. I really enjoyed my conversation with Rebecca. We covered a lot of ground, and I'm also really looking forward to the release of the memoir that I just mentioned. In fact, when we spoke, I told her that when it's released, I'd love to do a follow-up conversation to talk to her more about the book and just about life in general, because Rebecca is lovely and really fun to talk with. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy this one. Here's today's episode with Rebecca Mallory.
1: They're going to Texas for spring break, so that's kind of funny too.
0: <laughs> oh wow, okay, maybe then there was, yeah, maybe I, I if you included it in your interview, maybe I um, maybe I read about it there. Yeah,
1: um, I probably mentioned um, living in Austin, as one of the many places we've lived, because I can't seem to sit still.
0: <laughs> there we go. Um, well, today I'm speaking to Rebecca, who's an INFJ um, in New Hampshire. We've just found <laughs> out, um, and not Texas. And uh, Rebecca, <laughs> f- first of all, thank you so much for doing this. Um, and it's really nice to be talking to you because I know um, we've had some dialogue. We've got a mutual friend, Lawrence Apala, and we've we've yes. exchanged some dialogue. Um, mostly over Twitter, haven't we? As well as email, of course, for this interview. Yes. Um, so it's great to have you. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, this is fun. New, interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah. And um, first of all, I um, I want to ask you, because I know, what are we now? This is the second week of January. You've got an exciting thing happening this month, I understand.
1: Um, well... <laughs> um let's see I was hoping to have an exciting thing happening this month um I was kind of tied to this month but there are a few more tweaks needed so it won't be this month but it's still pretty exciting
0: well no pretty exciting uh, nonetheless and we're talking about I was being very vague there but we're talking about your um your book is it a memoir that you've written?
1: yeah um memoir slash autobiographical fiction ish I'm still Trying to understand the difference between all of these different genres, um, but yeah, it's it's about me
0: for sure. And what's it's funny you mentioned genres in what you just said. It sounds like um, you kind of wrote without attaching yourself to a genre specifically. Is that would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah, um, at, at first, um, without. Any understanding about different genres I did kind of attach myself to memoir because I had read a lot of memoirs and thought they were interesting but the more I started to write and just let things happen intuitively I guess I I definitely have to step away from labeling it as anything right now because it's just it is what it is
0: <laughs> sure absolutely yeah and um that feels like I, I mentioned that because that feels like quite a helpful thing especially for INFPs and INFJs um because obviously, if you go down the traditional route, there's um, you've got crime, um, you've got romance, you've got uh, sci-fi, and then there's um, there can be certain like rules, unwritten rules, attributed to those genres. Um, uh-huh. And I think one of the thing Lauren, one of the things that Lauren advises is um, kind of not to just to kind of let it come out and not necessarily think too much um, about. About the genre, if that makes sense. Though, of course, I know from the outset you kind of knew you were writing a memoir, um, uh, of of sorts. Anyway, so maybe that, yeah, that's uh, um, I guess memoirs is, is is a little bit different because you kind of know what you're what you're you're getting yourself into from the beginning. Right.
1: Um,
0: what was the reason you decided to write a memoir?
1: Um, when I talked to certain people, um, just throughout my life, um, and tell them the story of some things that I've, I've experienced, they always say, wow, you should, you should write a book. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I never really thought about it, but I mean, and I think it was more of a therapeutic release at first. Mm -hmm. Um, I started writing about a lot of things that I had been through and experienced and it just sort of started to come out. And my, my husband, um, who has been really supportive during the whole process, started emailing me questions about certain things, and I started emailing him back and explaining them to him when we first started dating, and I saved all of that, and that's kind of where it started. I just started from there, and then through journal entries and emails and different things that I had jotted down over the years, I started to piece it together.
0: Sure. And, and, and so it sounds like you, you said you'd been kind of writing and journaling and, and I guess processing it in a way before you you you'd started just going into this, doing this memoir. You, you'd already been writing about your experiences previously. Yes.
1: And it was actually an Eminem song that made me start thinking about actually writing a book. It was one line in an Eminem song that got me where he said, um, this looks like a job for me so everybody just follow me and I just thought well there really is only one person that can tell my story and that's me so that's a job for me
0: and that's from without me isn't it that lyric yes it is yeah (laughs) I'm um I'm an Eminem fan myself um yeah love him I'd be really curious to know what his Myers-Briggs type is actually um no kidding given some of the stuff he talks about Uh, have you have you seen eight mile the movie
1: Yes, years ago. I don't remember it, but
0: I have seen it. Yeah, it's it's quite I can't believe where the time goes. He's um <laughs> I'm actually googling it <laughs> because I because I know he, he's no I know he's older than I think. He's 47. Oh, good lord. <laughs> I remember I remember Eminem still like growing up as like a 20 something um yeah. controversially bursting onto the scene first white rapper. Oh, don't know where the time goes, but that is quite frightening. I find
1: myself wondering about celebrities' personality types too, all the time. Yeah. If I watch a show, I'm like, they are so INF, I know it. And I'll look, and of course it's all, it's all opinion, it's all people just kind of guessing, but
0: there
1: are certain certain characters I see, I'm like, no, they've got to be an INF something.
0: It's such a fun thing to do, and I don't really know anyone (laughs) in my real life who does that like I do, (laughs) so it's nice to meet someone else that does, um... Speaking of, of television programs, have you have you come across Undone on Amazon Prime? No. So this was recommended to me actually by um, someone on Twitter. who's an INFJ, Brad. Uh, he's actually uh, yeah, he's he's a member of the INF Club as well. Uh-huh. And he yeah, um, and Brad. I think that the very first thing he said to me was because um, I think I'd just posted about um, watching something or other on Netflix, and he said, "Give Undone a go." Um, about an INFJ character um, written by an INFJ, um, and so I was like, oh, okay, and um, yeah, that's my, uh, I, I watched it, and I was quite um, blown away, actually, it's um, a type of animation I'd not seen before, and the story itself was quite, um, yeah, I think it's just like six or eight episodes, um, about 20 minutes each, so um, really digestible. Um, but yeah, that's my recommendation if you if you Ooh. if you get around to it or if you if you need one.
1: Oh yeah, I'm yeah, we just I I'm a Netflix, Amazon Prime binge. Uh, I love dissecting the writing in certain shows, and I find that some shows have better writing than others and um, Undone, that's on my list.
0: Yeah. Um, we just that...
1: started watching well, we just finished You and that character definitely prompted me to look. I wanted to know what his MBTI was. <laughs>
0: Did you find out?
1: Uh, I think INFP, which was my guess. I was like, he's a little bit too, I mean, he's probably on the line of J&P because he does have a routine and he does have a set schedule, but he's also very willing to fly by the seat of his pants. And the way that he talks about the women that he stalks, I'm like, he, he's definitely introverted because he's a book reader. He's a book lover mm-hmm. and he's a bookseller. And the NF, like, it was just, there was no way he was anything else.
0: I love it. This is exactly what I do. I'm like is he a P <laughs> is he a P or is he a J? He's an NF but he could be an NT because some NTs are quite similar to is he more thoughtful mm-hmm. is he more feeling? Oh, I love it. This is exactly what I do. And um I'll check that out. Dexter
1: Morgan's, Dexter Morgan's an INTP I think. Or an INTJ
0: maybe. Right, got you. Um I I'm, I'm going to have to watch you because um it's come up a couple of times and now you've said I'm an INFP now you've said he he's he's, he's an INFP I'll uh, I'm going to have to check that one out
1: yeah on the scarier side but still very intriguing character
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely um i also you're um you, first of all I, I really really enjoyed reading your interview um and i think I, I don't know if i mentioned this to you on email you're a really um you're an incredible writer um so engaging and so um uh just emotive and I, I find myself um feeling and then laughing in other places and it's just um yeah it feels like a really natural a, a real natural talent of yours
1: thank you i'm never going to forget that anyone ever said
0: that oh bless you uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's i like, like you're um uh I, 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 I was checking out your blog and just the, the way you write about cuz it feels like you've been on quite a journey, as we all have. Um, mm-hmm. You've done some interesting things, and you were very, again, you were very, uh, very open and honest on the interview, which I really appreciate. But um, you, you mentioned and again, this isn't, this is something which I think isn't uncommon for INFPs and Js, where our school years are aren't, aren't the most easy. Oh
1: yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> and
0: I, and I know that you. Um, uh, I think you. Yeah, you said you. You had a difficult time. You said you had nothing in common with your classmates. Um, your teenage years were—you wrote a special kind of hell. <laughs> they um, were. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. And uh, you you also um, came from a background where your your was it both of your parents who um, who are deaf. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So it sounds like there were. Um, I guess for someone who. I mean, you may not have realized it at the time, as such, that it the labels, but introverted and um, sensitive, uh, you had a lot to to, to deal with um, as a well as a human being, but as a, <laughs> a as an introverted, sensitive human being as well.
1: Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought up the special kind of hell because that it was. I mean, I wouldn't trade any of my experiences for anything because they kind of shaped me into, into who I am and I actually am okay with that. Um, great. But yeah, there was school was, it was really, it was really hard. I didn't really interact or feel connected to anybody there. And what's more, um, having my parents, um, be the only deaf people in our small town. Anytime they came to the school, it was a big fiasco. Um, communication for them was an issue so they would be there for me or my brothers and we would end up having to interpret why ever why the reason that they were there which then of course your classmates are heckling you and they're wondering why your your father doesn't doesn't speak English well and why he's waving his hands around and so being introverted and then having that (laughs) on top of um a lot of other things. Um, We were also raised um, in a very strict religious environment, so there was that, which also kind of made it so that I didn't really connect with anybody, even more so because of that. So there were a lot of layering factors as to why I felt so out of place in school, and um, being introverted was, I wish I had known earlier on that it was okay,
0: Mm -hmm. because...
1: I really felt like there was something wrong with me. Yeah. I felt, I felt like I was the odd man out. I was the abnormal one when really um, years later I went to my 20th high school reunion and I, and I had a few glasses of wine and I voiced that and a few people at the table looked at me and, you know, kind of cocked their heads and said, we never saw you like that. And I thought, wow, this whole time I'm thinking I don't connect with anybody. Why am I here? And, They definitely didn't see me the way I saw myself. But even with that comfort and knowing that I might have been putting, it might have been all in my head, there was was still no way that I was really going to connect with anybody on a deeper level because, as you know, INFs are (laughs) a rare breed. And and, and even if other people welcome us, I don't ever feel like I belong anywhere still to this day.
0: Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying, because on the one hand, um, it's interesting, because I think uh, it, sometimes, even oftentimes, what we think about ourselves doesn't quite translate to reality. I'm, um, and I know, you know, just for different reasons, I'm an idealist, things in my head, what's in my head and reality can be quite different. That said, um, there are it feels like my felt reality is different from that of others and I am so aware of that and others it's difficult because obviously your reality is what your reality is so others you know might be like oh yeah like uh, they don't understand why we there's this need to connect or that there's more that go beyond more than just the surface level stuff which is Mm -hmm. tends to happen at school and in classrooms and whenever you what I found whenever you've got groups of people Ugh. the the conversation which takes place is very much a it darts about all over the place and you and you can't keep track of it or b it's all very surface level and it's not until you go i well especially one-on-one um like this conversation we're having or you know mm-hmm. um folks you know and trust well where you're in a three or four um but yeah i hear you because even even though even though they might have said we never saw you that way um yeah, I guess that you know they can say that. And I'm sure they're kind of saying that with no malice and perhaps you know good intentions, but yep. they probably don't understand how you felt because they couldn't understand how you felt because you're you and they don't feel right. what you feel, right? And,
1: yeah, and and regardless of how they did see me, whether it was favorable or not, mm-hmm. it didn't stop me from feeling the way that I felt.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And the way you would, I guess, um, describing what it was like when your parents came in, did it feel at times that you kind of had to be the, um, the adult rather than the child?
1: All the time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, even, even now I, I still write about how, how much I, how probably, I mean, it, it, it was definitely, um, overwhelming and, taking on that much responsibility, it was a lot for my brothers and I, they were older than me. Mm -hmm. And so when they moved out and acquired their own lives, it was just me and my parents. So I spent quite a a bit more time with them one-on-one. And I think my relationship with them is different than the relationship my brothers had. Um, we all interpreted and we all had to, had to kind of, um, take the reins, so to speak for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I still, I'm still very protective of them, and then they can obviously hold down the fort and do what they need to do for their own lives. But it doesn't stop me from from having that that yeah. heightened sense of protection for them. And, and, if that makes
0: sense, absolutely it does. Um, and you've been used to doing that for 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 so long since you were so young. So that's um, and and they're your parents, right? Um, yeah so yeah no i, I com- good peeps. yeah, i completely hear what you're saying you, you, you um you you also mentioned your um you you mentioned it in this interview but also in your written interview your your religious upbringing um as 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 a jehovah's witness how how um how how can you can you talk a little bit about that how 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 long was that for and when was it that that um I guess you removed yourself from from yes, uh, from that world
1: twice. <laughs> I had to be sure. yeah I, I read
0: <laughs> I read about that on your blog. Yeah, I did see you. It was a couple of times.
1: Yeah um, well I was I was raised um, Jehovah's witness and my uh, my whole family was. Um, my oldest brother um, was probably about five or six, I think when my parents made the decision to to become witnesses. So by the time my other brothers two more older than me, came into the picture, and I came into the picture. My parents were already very, very immersed in the in the witness community. And um, so I didn't know anything else. And so growing up not celebrating holidays and things like that didn't really bother me because that's a lot of people to be around, so I really don't like the holidays for that reason. Right, so
0: that actually <laughs> and, suited you quite all right.
1: And when you grow up not having something, you don't really know what you're missing. So it never really bothered me until obviously being in school and the kids are having their Valentine's Day parties and they're exchanging conversation hearts and they're dressing up for Halloween and they're having a Halloween party or they're coloring the Thanksgiving Day Pilgrim. I was always excused. So I spent a lot of time alone, either in the principal's office, in the library, in the hallway drawing on a desk in the middle of the hall, like just <laughs> away from my classmates. So I was pretty secluded from the get go. And I only had my brothers and they were six and seven and 12 years older than me. So oh, wow. they didn't want their little sister tagging along to whatever it was that they were doing. And I only had friends that were in the kingdom hall and I learned as I got older that just because you share a faith doesn't mean <laughs> that there's going to be a, a deep-seated relationship because of it uh-huh. so even at the kingdom hall I felt pretty isolated because we were the only deaf family there yeah and we also I mean just I just didn't feel like I had anything in common with even them yeah. besides the kingdom hall
0: sure no, know I hear you, Are you so you um, were you the youngest of four
1: Yes. Are you,
0: are
1: you the um, and, and at, after I was born, my parents actually adopted um, loosely adopted um, somebody that they met who was 16 and kind of needed a place to stay so he joined our family after I was born so then there's actually five okay um, <laughs> that, that was as an interesting situation and, and very unique but um, my dad met him when he gave somebody a ride somewhere and kind of fell in love with the kid and and he needed a place to stay. And my dad said, come live with us. And that's, that's pretty much how that happened.
0: Wow. And I I wanted to ask, are are any of your other siblings, um, introvert sensitive INFs even, or or not so much?
1: I wish I knew. Um, we haven't spoken in probably 20 years. Um, Wow. (laughs) And that's due to the religion. They're still in, I'm, not in so that pretty much severs our relationship, which is sad because um, you know, they're my brothers. They're 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 good guys. They're just kind of caught up in this fanatical religion. <laughs> um but I I have thought about it actually a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would have to say that most of my family is pretty introverted. I actually asked my mother to take the test. And she took it and she came back, was extroverted and a whole bunch of other things that I was like, there's no way. So I wonder if she understood the questions uh, because they're in English and if she had somebody interpreting the questions or translating them for her, she would be able to answer them differently because my mother's very much an introvert. She she enjoys being around people, but she loves being at home and she loves doing her own thing. And when we're out and about or when we were, she would. Involved in the group discussion or whatever was happening, but kind of always standing off to the side.
0: Right, got so. you. Yeah, so you you can it feels like you can. Yeah, it's interesting. My parents, my um, my dad's an introvert, my mum is an extrovert, um, <laughs> and yeah, I I I I know um, that. Yeah, it's. Not, I guess it's not uncommon. I mean, there's only there's only two types, aren't there? So, but yeah, I know. Um, quite a few introverts oh yeah it's interesting but I guess it's uh I yeah there's I think there's like with anything pros and cons of having an introvert with an extrovert um Mm -hmm. on the one hand I think um and you know I'm single I think oh yeah it'd be great if I was with another introvert because we totally get each other and you know I need for space and all that stuff uh, but then I think one of the advantages of, of, of being with an extrovert is maybe you know, you're you encouraged to do things that you otherwise wouldn't do so it's kind of swings around isn't it and I think you mentioned your your husband's also an introvert in your yes
1: oh he is um, he's an ISTP right and he is just impossible to crack um, we've been together 10 years now and still he surprises me, and
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, 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 actually, I often ask Lauren. Sometimes, um, you know, a lot about introverts, so you tell me about this. Is is this normal for an ISTP? And she'll explain. Yes, it's it's ISTP and INFJs get along in a very interesting way.
0: Right. Um, yeah. Because I, I think Lauren's husband's an, an INTJ. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Or, or, um, yeah, I, I, will be honest. I don't, I don't know much about. Um, uh the i don't know much about uh sts i probably know more about nt so what um in in, in what in what ways do is he interesting without without being too Um, mean to him well (laughs) or being really mean to him i don't it (laughs) doesn't bother me and he probably will never listen to this so you know you can say what you want (laughs) yeah
1: and and you know what the thing is is there isn't anything i'm going to tell you that i haven't already told
0: him Uh, there you go Um, i'm sure yeah he is
1: he is not a feeler obviously he's a, he's an st but even more so to the point where if i am feeling something and i need him to be maybe a little a little compassionate he really struggles um i cry and he just looks at me as if i was an alien that just landed he has no idea what to do um oh, and he's an and the S part, he's a tinkerer. He, he enjoys tinkering with things. He likes to fix things and take them apart and understand how they work. And right. I don't. Um, the introverted part is pretty interesting because now that – and I would say that knowing our personality types has actually improved our marriage quite a bit because there were times I didn't know if, if one of us was going to get out of an argument alive. <laughs> and that was mostly me because I'm such a feeler. But um, he, introverted-wise, he's really – he needs a lot more alone time than I do. Mm -hmm. And he will nap. He says they're naps. I say he's still out sleeping for about four or five hours after working. Um, And he really doesn't enjoy going out on the weekends, being around people. Um, Even if they're friends of ours, he's – not comfortable. Even if they're people we've known for twenty years, not comfortable. And um whereas I can I wonder if this is an, an INF thing. Um I can I can pretty much suit any situation if I really need to. I feel very chameleon like and he is not. I was just yet. I was
0: just gonna say that word. Um mm-hmm. I think Lauren used that word the other day. Yeah, chameleons. We just kind of can mm-hmm. And actually, we were talking about something similar. Um, her husband, she said, um, how INFs have, uh, you know, there's. Um, I think well, she couldn't talk about INTPs. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Yeah, I think. I think she was talking about her husband uh, and his type, and being able to, you know, if he's not so into someone it's fine he can just be like yeah not my kind of person just leave it as that whereas INF can really just try and almost mold ourselves to to, to fit that mm-hmm. person um sometimes to our detriment I might add but yeah the whole chameleon thing I can really relate to really <laughs> to our detriment to.
1: yes yeah I was um, actually just writing about that um, one of my chameleon like moments uh, throughout my life I mean yes very much to my
0: detriment um yeah, it's um, I think like it, but they blessing and a curse, right? Because it, it, I, I, I think with that we can, just with that high, our high sensitivity, we can really reach inside and connect with, with people. I just feel things, and like I say, there's you know um, the ups and downs of being a feeler, but um, yeah. No, it's interesting to hear um. Yeah, just other, I guess, and and it it was interesting to hear you talk about uh, out be out, or allude to being out and around other people because, I I really love my own space. However, um, <coughs> I also really need people. I I've, I've been realising that more and more, and um, the the analogy I came up with recently was, you know, um, builders have, um, they call it a spirit level, uh to kind of measure straight surfaces it's kind of like a little block with a it was like a little bit of liquid in it and and you the, oh yeah a level yeah it's a level I think it's also called a spirit level which was really interesting I hadn't made the connection between basically I, I really like the analogy because a even just using a level it's quite a nice little because I feel like I'm really like one way or another I can the level can go up and down I just kind of need to be in balance um, and that's obviously different for everyone whether that's on my own or with other people um. It's, fine lines uh, a lot of the time um and then the fact that it's called a spirit level i was like yeah that's really accurate spirit my spirit needs I to be really kind like of balanced that. yeah um
1: it makes sense
0: right yeah Do, do you see i've um i've probably butchered the explanation but it sounds like you kind of get me
1: <laughs> i do i do because i i also love being around people um but i'm just as happy um to be alone, especially if I've got my laptop and I've got some writing to do, or I've got some ideas that are coming to me. Um, I love being alone and just, it almost seems as if I'm brooding, but I don't necessarily feel like it's a negative kind of brood. Sometimes it is depending on the situation, but most times when I'm sitting there just really thinking or ruminating over something, I, I would much rather be there sometimes than with people. And it also depends on the people. Um,
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it for sure. So um, it's yeah, it's got to be the right kind of people, and um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a mixture of two things: the, the right kind of people, but also um, I think I've learned that I I need to be on the again, it sounds like uh polar opposite things, and uh, but on the one hand, not over-investing myself just uh-huh. e- even in fleeting interactions, because i work from my gym cafe and like uh, again it sounds really silly but you might be able to get it just um and i i, I have been a people pleaser in the past as well so at my old gym uh-huh. I, I knew everyone and i just felt like i had to say hi and then when you say hi you get into and then you don't get any work done and you leave yourself exhausted and open to all sorts of stuff um but then at the same time um I think I went so much the other way in terms of closing myself off from people and isolating myself. That wasn't good either. Um, so it's kind of I like uh, there was someone else, uh, someone, someone's blog I was reading. He's an INFP, and he was saying um, he the way he kind of made friends was basically just um, hanging out, finding a way to hang out with people like consistently over time so kind of slowly slowly gently gently getting familiar opening up more and more um mm-hmm. so the whole you know try and find something you're interested in and go to some sort of weekly meetup or class or whatever it is um i feel like that's quite a helpful way for infs to um kind of make new friends and start to build relationships because obviously relationships take time and um I find, I found that they need kind of continuity to really flourish and to really get to don't get me wrong I can go really deep with people I've just met but actually it's quite nice to carry that on and um, yeah I don't know just make them more, more um, uh, just more kind of nourishing friendships and relationships
1: You mention all you say all that and it makes me think of what happened to me yesterday I'm just reminded of what happened I was um, at a coffee shop hoping to get some work done. And then I realized this is not a place for me to actually write. <laughs> um, I tried, um, and I do love being in certain coffee shops, especially if there's, if there's some level of quiet while obviously other things are happening, it's fine. But there was an event at this coffee shop I went to yesterday and I didn't know when I walked in, but I was already there and I thought, well, I'll just find a table. And I went to the farthest corner, all the way away from everybody else, and set up my laptop and got ready. And this older gentleman from England, actually, (laughs) walked over and said, do you mind if I sit? And I said, knock yourself out. Um, He could have sat anywhere, but he walked all the way over to me and sat down. And we ended up talking for probably an hour and a half. And he told me all kinds of things. Um, and, And it's sometimes those interesting, really weird, deep level conversations that happen with a stranger and you never see them again. Um, mm-hmm. And he wasn't the first one, An older gentleman. I don't know why, but they, and usually not from the United States will walk up to me and we all start talking. It happened to me in Philadelphia. I was sitting at a bar and this older gentleman came over, sat down and started talking to me. And we talked for about an hour, told me about his whole life story and the work that he used to do. And this gentleman yesterday, same thing told me about how his wife had dementia and had to sell his house and all his belongings, and it was the best thing that ever happened to him. We started talking about social media and how the, you know, news and information that we get nowadays is so different from what it was. And we had really interesting conversation. It was the strangest thing because I didn't instigate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Do you find as an INF that people just tell you things or come
0: to you? And... Yeah, I can. Um... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't say I've had uh, so many older gentlemen uh, come to me and sit next to me, and, uh, <laughs> but I can definitely relate to people. Yeah, sharing, opening up to me, um, and yeah, I, I uh, I'm probably not as intriguing as you, Rebecca. You've got. I've seen. I've seen. I've seen your tattoos, um, and I feel like if I saw you, I I would totally just want to be like that. That chick's probably got some stories. Uh, and, and as it turns out, you do have some stories, so I, you know, I wouldn't be wrong there, but yeah, no, I can, I can, yeah, I can, I can relate to that though, to what you're saying to people just, um, and, and just also the beauty of, um, and sometimes, you know, you go to a cafe and you intend to get work done and, and I'll be really honest, um, <clears throat> I can sometimes be my own worst enemy. Like, I will just work myself to the ground and just isolate myself and not do anything. And sometimes it's really nice where a welcome distraction like that, it leads to, like, a really... It happened... I mentioned the gym cafe. A couple of my best friends, and it feels awesome to say best friends, and a bit weird, but mostly awesome. Because <laughs> awesome. Because I've only known them, like, six to eight weeks. Oh, wow. Um, but we see each other quite regularly now but at the gym cafe we we've done dinner together and other things and um I yeah, it it's amazing how quickly we formed a friendship. And um also I just think friendships as adults is just a weird thing. Like um Oh it is. Isn't it just it's just I don't know what it is. i up like after um even just organized and obviously, you know, uh, or, or organized uh, classes and school and college and whatever it might be. It takes it just as weird thing happens where everyone kind of does their own thing. I think everyone wants to make friends and be closer, but it ends up being Well, for me when I was working in the city. I was just hanging out with my colleagues from work. There wasn't really any depth to it. I was too exhausted to even make time for friendships on the weekend because I was working so many hours. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think friendships are just a weird thing. But um, I do love a a random, fleeting, deep conversation when it happens. That's definitely happened to me. And um, it's so nice, especially when it's unexpected.
1: Yeah, they're fun. And it's it's strange because I will always think – there is a reason why you were put in my path. I'm not sure what it is, mm. but there's got to be a reason. Otherwise this, this interaction may not have happened. And, and, and it was because I had actually given poetry a shot the other night and, um, not a great poet, <laughs> but I gave it a shot the other night because I was thinking about just as an INFJ or an INFP, you can probably relate on some level, just, being hit with the world's pain in five minutes on social media sometimes is, is overwhelming, especially oh, sure. as a really intuitive, caring person. You want to fix it all, but you know you can't. And then all of a sudden this gentleman sits down and starts talking to me about social media. And I thought, well, you were not in my head last night. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Yeah, so interesting. Really, really interesting. And, uh, yeah, social media is just, especially like now with and people are just not themselves on social media or, or extreme versions of it. like you know things that they wouldn't say in real life just all come out on mm-hmm. social media and yeah it's uh i hear you i hear exactly what you're saying um yeah <laughs> there's a couple of other things i wanted to ask you because this has okay. ab- this has absolutely flown by as i as i suspected it would um where you um you were talk. You, you. One of the pieces of advice you gave to fellow INFPs and Js was to trust your intuition. Um, it's strong. If you're not ready for an upcoming change, wait. It takes INFs a little longer to process things and make peace with it all, whatever it is. Give your head a chance to catch up to your gut. Um, I love all of that, and and I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of you know using your own gut intuition kind of tapping into that following it um is there anything in particular you you, you, you've kind of done to to get closer to that intuition or to to really lean into that more more than your head i know it's a big question it
1: is (laughs) but i think back to all the times that i ignored it and what happened after that um specifically, um, relationships, um, before my husband and I got together, I I was a serial monogamist. I, I dated quite frequently, always very loyal, but I could never find that person. Mm -hmm. Um, and my gut usually in the very beginning would either wake right up and say, you know, Abort mission, (laughs) red flag, keep going, this is not the one for you, this is not the droid you're looking for, and I would ignore it, and think, oh, you just don't know yourself, Rebecca, maybe, I I would always give the other person the benefit of the doubt, no matter how poorly they treated me, thinking that there was something wrong with me, it was my fault, and this is probably before I realized that I was an INFJ, long before I realized it. (laughs) And I think just all the experiences I've had where I didn't listen made me think, okay. So when that puppy starts to talk, listen, because otherwise it's just I, I would wreak havoc on myself yeah. to my own detriment, like you said earlier.
0: And, and do you always spot when it starts to talk? Is it is it is it, is it do the voices build and kind of get louder, or, or is it quite clear from when they start for you?
1: Sometimes it's just a little poke and. And sometimes that's just me overreacting. So I've kind of just through practice learned the difference between, okay, it's okay to be a little cautious here, but you probably have nothing to worry about versus you need to get up and you need to leave. Um, I've had situations like that happen to me too. Um, I was actually talking to my stepdaughter earlier today. She was talking about driving across the country and stopping and sleeping at rest areas. And I said, be careful because there was a time I had driven a long distance, and I was really tired. So instead of getting a hotel, I stopped at a rest area for just a few minutes. Uh-huh. And this this guy walked up to the to my car. Thank goodness I had my dogs with me. And uh, he banged on the window and said, "Hey, I I really need your help. I need help changing a tire." <laughs> I mean, I looked at him and I said, "No, you don't." <laughs> <laughs> I started cool. my car and I took off. Um, little yeah. things like, well, that's not really a little thing. But, I mean, that's not necessarily always a gut thing. I think a lot of people would probably be like, yeah, no, sorry, buddy. But um, it's just moments like that where they're just the opportunities have presented themselves in order for me to kind of practice that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think over time I've definitely... Like when I first started dating my husband, there was absolutely no gut check whatsoever. He was just who he was. There was nothing in between any lines because he didn't draw any. And he just was who he was. And immediately I just knew that I could trust him. And I was right. I mean, he's he makes me want to choke him sometimes. He's an ISTP. We don't always see eye to eye on a lot of things. But yeah, he's my gut was right about him.
0: I sense a knowing there, and, and and what it feels like, even before you said it, was because um, you talk about trust. Again, like you, the you know the fundamental human needs that we have, and what I found is a lot of these fundamental needs seem to just be amplified for us INFs to feel to feel trust, to feel safe, to feel comfortable, to be able to be vulnerable. Oh my word. Super, and to find super important. That you can do
1: that with is is right. a challenge, especially as an adult making friends as an adult. I mean, you almost have to be put in these situations where, um, it's do or die, and and you just look around and see who's still sticking around, and that's that.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a couple of fun questions to finish with. Um, <laughs> so, at the time of doing the interview, uh, you were uh, gonna watch Star Wars. What did you think of Star Wars, the latest one without giving away any any of the spoilers?
1: No spoilers. Okay, the newest Star Wars. I thought it was I thought it was really well done. And I think what's difficult for me um, I'd like to see it again actually because when we went the theater was packed and we were in the front row and my neck did not bend that way. Oh gosh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um but what I need to do when any new Star Wars any anything is released, is take a step back and remember that what's being done now mm-hmm. is not where my childhood memories lie. Right. I absolutely love 4, 5, and 6, uh-huh. uh, the originals. Yep, And I often find myself poo-pooing the newer ones, but they, in their own right, are are just as good they're just different and and i guess i need to wrap my brain around the fact that i've gotten older yeah (laughs) a whole new generation of star wars fans out there
0: for sure i am i I really enjoyed this one i actually did go um i went to see it with my dad and my brother and then i went to see actually again with a friend um last weekend um I really enjoyed it. The the, the one previously I, I I wasn't the biggest fan of. This one felt a bit like bit more like episode seven and I quite enjoyed it. And again I know I, I get exactly what you're saying with regards to different stories, that whole childhood nostalgia thing. Um, and it's interesting. I actually have been watching bits of one, two and three again. You know the ones that came in the middle? Well
1: Yeah, I I have a hard time with them.
0: Uh, well, actually, I did as well, but recently, um, I, and I think this is what it is, it feels like um, there's something about the uh, more kind of old school feel on the screen where the graphic, it felt still, compared to what we see now, the graphics still felt a little bit older. I I don't know. There was just something about the visual experience on screen which made it feel a bit nostalgic again. And maybe it's because are I'm you, used to seeing them. Are you the talking people. about the
1: Phantom Menace ones? Those ones, that one,
0: two and three? Uh, yeah. So I'll be honest, Phantom Menace was still, um, <laughs> I still struggle with that. But then it kind of, yeah. for me, it got better with the Clone Wars. And um, I forget what the, I forget what the, uh, I forget the names of them, but I, I actually quite enjoyed them, watching them back recently. And um, more so than it feels like when I did initially. So maybe I'll feel about that a few years down the line. Who knows? Um,
1: maybe i'll try those again it's been years um and it's funny because my husband and i every thanksgiving that's what we do i stay home i cook whatever we feel like eating whether it's thanksgiving meal or not and we watch star wars that's pretty much all day long it's just a star wars marathon that's just what we do oh
0: Um, that sounds like a dream that sounds really lovely
1: It's funny because he was re- getting ready to put in The Phantom Menace. And I said, no, no, no. You, <laughs> to- you start at four, damn
0: it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, I, I hear you. The Phantom Menace is not is definitely not one of, <laughs> one of my favorites. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, but I
1: did, I did enjoy the recent one. Have you watched The Mandalorian?
0: You know what? We don't get that in the UK yet. What? Disney oh. Disney Plus isn't here. It's going to be here soon. So Sky, one of the um, broadcasters, are um, doing a deal with them. So I think we're going to have it at some point this year, certainly, or in the next in the coming months. But yeah, still, I've just been trying not to read too much into <laughs> yeah. Baby Yoda on Twitter and all the fun stuff I've been I've been seeing on my uh, uh, on my newsfeed. Yeah. But you're enjoying it?
1: I try not to. Oh, it, well, yeah, the last chapter just, just happened, so we're waiting for another season. But Got you. It, I was pleasantly surprised because here I am thinking, you know, I'm an old-school Star Wars lover. I remember the original toys. My brothers had lightsabers and Han Solo vests. And on all of, you know, we had the Dagobah system. We had all of it. And Love it. It's just a really happy childhood memory for me, probably one of my only happy childhood
0: memories. Oh, bless.
1: And, um. So I've been a bit resistant to the newer Star Wars things coming out, mm-hmm. but The Mandalorian took me by surprise, and I like how its it has something to do with Star Wars, obviously the same galaxy, same, same sort of conflicts, but it's a completely different story, so it doesn't feel like it's trying to ride the coattails of anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. It's its
1: own thing, and it's really cool.
0: Understood. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to watch that, because it looks really good. Um, I will
1: not spoil it for you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I want, thank you so much for taking part in this, Rebecca. This has been, um, yeah, it's been really great to talk to you um, finally. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I'm really grateful.
1: I am grateful too. Thank you so much for, for thinking to call and, and yeah, all of it.
0: You're very welcome. Here's
1: the here's where my INFJ gets awkward. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Right, I know. <laughs> There's still something. Oh man, something I can work on as well. Um, and <laughs> if, just before I let you, um, I let you go. I mean, and we me, me wrap this up um, for folks who um, want to find out more about you, um, connect with you online. Where should they go?
1: Um, the best place to start, I would say, is probably my website, um, mm-hmm. which is www. Rebecca R E B E K A H Mallory M A L L O R Mm Y.com. Um, I am also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, although I'm not super active, um, on, I will respond to messages, um, but I'm not super active on social media all the time. Um, if I'm active on most, it's probably Instagram mostly is the ones that I'm active on.
0: Perfect. No worries. That's good to know. Um, well, thanks once again, Rebecca, um, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you so much. It was so nice talking to you. Enjoy your day and your weekend.
0: Thank, yep, and the same to you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> okay, bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Just a quick reminder that anything I share or that anyone else shares on this podcast is just a personal worldview. None of us are perfect, and we certainly don't have all of the answers. We're just doing our best. You can find more content by visiting the blog over at www.infclub.net. If you click on the archive link at the bottom of the most recent post, you'll find every podcast episode, including today's, in addition to blog posts and newsletters. If you like, you'll also be able to join INF Club by signing up for free, or you can support the club and receive extra benefits by becoming a paid subscriber. And finally, you can find INF Club on Twitter at INF underscore club. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time.